Welcome to Food Friday Leftovers. A podcast about all the goodies left over from Food Friday. I'm Dave Hopper. And I'm Ashley Kinsey. Tune in each week as we cover culinary topics such as food trucks, local food, pizza, veggies, beer, and wine. You hungry yet? Huh, I'm always hungry. Well, on that note, Ashley, tell us what's in the fridge this week. Oh, we have some grilled veggies in the fridge, and today we're talking to Hallie Bay Ramdeen. and she's a food editor at The Kitchen, The Kitchen Without the E. Check out the website. And she was just talking with us on Food Friday, our regular Food Friday show, and one of the questions that came up was in regards to grilled food and steak. And you mentioned that you recommended flank steak. Now, I agree with you 110%. I love flank steak. Yeah. Um, it's not very fatty. My daughter and I can cook one and just kind of tear at it. Like sometimes we just eat the meat. I know that's probably (laughs) bad, but that's what we do. Can you sort of elaborate on some of the things that we can mix it up? Because flank steak is pretty easy to just kind of season. You don't have to do anything really crazy with it. But usually I'll do something like grilled asparagus or baked potatoes or corn. But what can we do to kind of spice it up and create something different? Well, do you want to stick with a flank steak? Or are you trying to go to a different cut? Or um, Tell me a little bit more about what you're looking for. Because <laughs> there's so many opportunities here. All right, let's mix it up then. Because I'm pretty comfortable with flank steak. Yeah. I like it. I buy it all the time. What's another cut of meat that I might like? Skirt steak. Mm. I would totally go with skirt steak. So it can be a little difficult to find sometimes, but skirt steak, if you go to like a a Mexican grocery store or a Hispanic grocery store, you can find it and it makes the best steak tacos, Mm -hmm. but it's a really, really thin, tender cut of meat. So you can brine it and Mm -hmm. that means just like soaking it in a salt water solution with whatever flavorings you want and then you grill it. And it takes no time to cook up. I mean, it'll go from uncooked to rare in a matter of minutes. I would say like three to five minutes. And then you can use it in your your tacos, your enchiladas. You can use it to make sandwiches throughout the week. And for me, I'm all about like minimal effort, maximum impact. So Mm -hmm. I do. That works. Yeah. You do the steak once you cook it once and then you can use it to build meals for the rest of the week. That sounds good, especially for somebody who loves food but is trying to lose weight. I could do meal prep with that. Oh, my gosh. It's the key. It is. My wife and I do a lot of that cooking on Sunday for the week. Yes. And we cook a bunch of chicken. And, and then, then you, you can make it. different things throughout the week instead yeah. of, what am I making for lunch today? Right. And I think that's great in the summer, too, because if you're going to cook, if you're not cooking outside on the grill, right. where I live, I don't have a grill and there's no place really to grill. Yep. So a lot of times I have to cook on the stove in the house. And in the summer, you don't want to have your oven on, you know, every single night exactly. of the week. So it is a good idea to kind of batch things out in that way. I mean, yeah. I have a grill pan. It doesn't. It's not the same as grilling So I was in your position. So when I lived in Iowa, I didn't have a grill, and I was writing about grilling a lot. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't write about this, and I don't know what I'm talking (laughs) about. So I would go to the park and grill every Sunday, but I would grill things that I could use over the course of the week, so I would have that, like, outdoor cooked flavor. Oh, And so the key that I, I learned was grill your lemons. If you grill your lemons, you can have that smoky flavor and whatever dish you're using over the course of the week. So you can make 
like your vinaigrette with the grilled lemons. You can squeeze it over cooked chicken or cooked fish oh. over your vegetables. And then your whole week of food can taste like you made outside. Now, is this using the grills they have in the park? Like those totally. charcoal? Okay. Yep. I would that like, I had my little awesome grill kit. That is such there. a great hack. Yeah. That's College how I do students, it. pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> Apartment dwellers. Apartment <laughs> dwellers. Yes. Like me. Yes. Oh, that's great. So do you just slice lemon in half and throw it on the grill? That's it. I mean, my big thing about grilling is like, I'm out here, I'm doing it, especially with me having to like trek to the park. It's like, I'm going to get my like bang out of this time. Mm -hmm. So I would grill veggies. I would grill chicken. I would grill the lemons and I would grill the red peppers and make roasted red peppers and then have oh, that cool. smoky flavor and things over the course of the week and chop it up and put it in your omelets. You can fold it into pasta and just got that nice smoky summery flavor with one two hour grill session in the park. Wow. I would have never thought of that, but that is a good idea. No, I wouldn't have either. And then my kid could run around on the park in the park, and yeah. I could grill. And then it's like a nice little like Sunday routine. It's like, all right, I'm gonna yeah. grill two hours, and here's the food for the rest of the week. Awesome. I got the question about another cut of steak, T-bone, mm -hmm. which is my favorite. That's when my mom grew up buying. Like, yeah. There's a special meal every once in a while to have yeah. a T-bone. So how would you cook that on a grill in the summer? Oh. The key to grilling meat in general, especially red meat, is having these zones, right? So you need the hot zone and then you need the, the lower zone or it's direct heat and indirect heat. So the first thing I would do is make sure I had those two zones set up. And you start off by searing the meat. So you, you want to put it in the, the hot zone, get the char on both sides, and then you move it over to the area that has indirect heat and you kind of just let it go really slowly, paying attention, waiting for it to get to the temperature that you want. And that's really the key. I mean, it's patience, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And with steak, depending on the kind of steak, with a thicker cut like T-bone, I wouldn't flip it that often. I would probably chart both sides and then flip it over and let it stay in the indirect. But like with a flank steak or mm -hmm. with a skirt steak, you can move it, flip it. I mean, you don't really hear that often when you're cooking meat on the stovetop, but there's the exception with grilling where move your meat around. That's unless mm -hmm. you're cooking burgers. With burgers, one flip, that's it. Is that because it's ground meat versus... Yeah, it's ground meat and it can get tough very quickly. Mm -hmm. And you just want to let it do its thing. You want it to keep as much of its juice as possible. So one flip is enough. Okay. And don't press down on it. No. Whatever you do. Don't press down on it. Yeah, your I learned that. <laughs> you can even do this thing where you, um, you have your patty and you can make a dimple in the middle. And that prevents it from seizing up and turning into like a shrunken patty. Oh, oh. I used to hate that. Right. <laughs> You start off with this nice juicy burger, right. and then by the time That's it's like done cooking, cooking yeah, <laughs> all this lovely bacon. You know you what the trick is that for that though? You have to start with a cold pan. Really? Yep. You put the bacon in the cold pan, and then you heat the pan, and it like slowly causes the bacon to render its fat, and it won't seize up. Huh. So how do you you put the bacon in, and you don't turn the heat on yet? You don't put the bacon in a hot pan, so you don't heat the pan and then add okay. the bacon. So as soon as you turn the heat on, you throw the bacon. You in. got it. Try it. Yeah, yeah. I definitely will. So we have been talking about meats. <laughs> for, What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. I love meat, yeah, but yeah. for our veggie lovers out there, um, I was reading something about jackfruit. Yeah. And how nutritious it, is, mm -hmm. nutritious it is. Oh, my gosh. I'm getting I have never heard of it. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'll show you a picture of it. It's huge. I know that when you cook jackfruit, it's kind of like, it can be kind of like meat. Like, yeah, um, definitely. I guess like pulled pork. Yep. So now I'm interested. Can, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> can you give us some tips on 
how we may be able to use jackfruit or other kinds yeah. of non-traditional in American culture. Yeah. How can we use like those meat alternatives? And yeah. Stuff? Yes, sure. So I love jackfruit. I grew up eating it. It's my grandfather who lived in Jamaica had a jackfruit tree in mm-hmm. his front yard. So I've been very familiar with that fruit for a long time. It's the largest fruit in the world. So Mm -hmm. it can be a little unwieldy, and it's becoming very popular in the United States right now because of all those reasons you mentioned. But the key with jackfruit is to get it kind of dry. It's Mm -hmm. a juicy fruit. But when you cook it, you cook it very similar to what you would do with, like, pork to turn it into pulled pork because Mm -hmm. it does pull. You can get little strings out of it, and I would season it that way. You want to steer clear of adding any extra sugar or sweeteners because it is a fruit. Mm-hmm. It's sweet on its own. So lots of chili pepper and spices and smoky, hearty flavors and steer clear of like the brown sugars and the molasses because you're already going to get that naturally from the fruit. But jackfruit's not that easy to get in the States. Not yet. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> give it like a year and you'll be able to get jackfruit at Trader Joe's or, you know. Yeah. It'll is there going to be an explosion like kale is right now? I don't think quite that level but amongst the meat alternative set it's it's coming for the throne so this you could throw on a bun yes i mean you'll have to find a photo because it's like deceptive it looks like pulled pork yeah and it like you know how pulled pork you kind of pile it on the bun Mm -hmm. yes and it has the same texture interesting yeah it's kind of amazing and um and then imagine having like jackfruit as the center and then having breadfruit as the bun (laughs) it's like a carb fest (laughs) yeah that's what i'm about yeah no it sounds good though (laughs) it's so nice i often think like when these meat alternatives come up i often think i'm like you know when you look back at like the foods that are like native to certain cultures like so many of the answers are already there like you just talked about a meal that you could make from the front yard of my grandfather's house you know he had yeah. a breadfruit tree he had a jackfruit tree and it's yeah. interesting because we go and look for meat alternatives in the form of like tempeh or soy mm-hmm. or seitan and it's like oh why don't we just like cook a portobello mushroom yeah exactly you know but to answer your second question the jackfruit you know it's not readily available everywhere maybe if you live you know in the southern hemisphere you can find it but My favorite meat alternative, aside from mushrooms, are eggplants. They have a really meaty texture, Mm -hmm. and they take on flavor really well, and I think they're superior to a veggie burger on the bun. I mess them up all the time. Oh, yeah. I had a bad experience with them. thought I was getting chicken parm the first time ever, and they gave me eggplant parm. (laughs) Yeah, oh, the, so the, the old switch and bait, the old eggplant yeah. switch and bait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you know what? Eggplant, key with that is not to eat it out of season. Seasonality is important, but this is like really, you know, an instance where it makes a difference because eggplant out of season is bitter. It's so mm. super bitter. And there are things that you can do to mitigate that. You can soak it in milk or soak it in salt and rinse it after. But if you have an eggplant that was grown in the summer and you eat it in the summer, you're like bitter eggplant that's not a thing Mm -hmm. this is amazing yeah so when are the season when or when does the season start and end uh so eggplant is a hot sun plant it needs really hot sun so july august and if you're lucky september for me personally i've just ruined so many of them yeah i put them in the (laughs) oven and they either like they become really mushy Uh or i burn them like there's no middle ground yeah (laughs) so it's going to be hard for either of us to get an eggplant anytime soon yeah pretty much <laughs> unless you're gonna you know make one and bring it in i'll, I'll okay do that, that. We'll organize something. <laughs> the great eggplant cook-off uh to go along with our summer foods 
and, you know, cooking outside and kind of making things easier for everyone as far as cooking in the summer. Because some of us, like I mentioned before, I have a daughter. She's going to be out of school. Mm -hmm. She's such a snacker, right? Mm -hmm. What can we do in terms of, and I know you're talking about, we, we talked about grilling meat and kind of dividing it up and mixing it up so that, you have different meals and you only had to cook one time. Yeah. And I think that's a really great idea. But how do we put that spin on like grilled desserts or incorporating grilled things with desserts and small little snacks? Hmm. Because it is going to be hot after all. We're going to need something to. Yeah. 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 And well, I mean, maybe the, grill, ice cream. the grill can only get you so far. Right. And then you do. You might get grill fatigue. You might get smoky food flavor fatigue. Mm-hmm. But. As far as grilled desserts, I mean, you can't go wrong with like a grilled peach with a scoop of ice cream or whipped mm-hmm. cream. You can't go wrong with grilled pound cake. It just lends really? itself. Oh, my gosh. If if there was a dessert to grill, it's pound cake. Pound cake. Yeah. Because huh. it's so dense. So you don't have to worry about it crumbling. And you get those gorgeous sear marks. And then you can just top it with like fresh strawberries and whipped cream. And people will be like... Wow, you really did the most on this dessert right now. Oh, and the best part of the pound cake is the piece right in the middle that has the <laughs> most little buttery topping on top. Exactly. Oh, man. But now I'm getting hungry. Meal prepping, meal planning in general is all about like getting a head start on the week. And with snacking for me, that's just like cutting up vegetables. Like just cut the vegetables up on Sunday. Like Hallie, cut the vegetables up on Sunday. You'll eat them on Wednesday. Promise you. And then you make fun things to dip it in. Hummus. You can use that mushy eggplant and make a really good baba ganoush. There's a, <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff. But it's just like getting a leg up and like knowing what your fail points are. And for me, it's like I don't want to chop something. In the mm-hmm. middle of the week, I just want it to be ready. So I just do it all on Sunday. Hmm. I'm right there with you. Yeah. It's like it's later in the week. It's just, I don't know. It's just the effort just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nosedive. That's the problem with having Subway right around the co- I could just go to Subway for lunch on Friday. <laughs> I don't need to bring anything. Craziest thing, you mentioned putting the pound cake on the grill. Yeah. My dad and stepmom used to live in Saratoga, and one Thanksgiving, the power went out because of a thunderstorm, mm-hmm. and we had to throw the turkey on, <gasps> on the grill. The oh, wow. The whole thing. Took up, like, the whole grill, but it worked. Yeah. How long did that take to cook? Oh, quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine that. Yeah. It was worth it, though. I bet. It probably tasted amazing. It did. We haven't tried it since, though. Once was enough. Yeah. Especially since it was ambushed on you, probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's like last minute. <laughs> so if you have any problems, just throw something on the grill. Another thing that I wanted to ask you about in terms of the grill is foil pockets, right? This is like my favorite thing ever because I'll take a foil pocket uh-huh. and I'll throw a bunch of stuff in there, whatever I have left mm-hmm. over, and just... Bake it, Go or it. Yeah. if I can't, or grill it, or whatever. If it's winter, I'll bake it. If it's summer and I have access to All a grill, season, I like you it. know. But sometimes I open it up and like some things are hard and some things are soft, yes. and this is cooked and yes. this isn't cooked. So is there a strategy? There is <laughs> for that. There is a strategy, and it's all about. Having some sort of like understanding of what cooks at a similar time and what size to cut your things into. So like fast cooking vegetables like zucchini or summer squash and corn, really you don't want to pair them with things that are going to take a super long time like um, like a beet, right? Mm-hmm. Because 
the zucchini is going to be cooked far faster and then you're gonna have hard beets and plus the beets are gonna like get their pinky juices all over everything Mm -hmm. so it's all about like strategizing what's going to go together so i like to cut things into the same pieces and then kind of think about like okay well this broccoli cook at the same time of the potatoes yes but i have to cut these potatoes into a quarter inch in order to get that okay and then you can always like get a leg up and pre-cook things so you can parboil the vegetables, you can parboil the potatoes on your Sunday when you're doing all that meal prep, and, and then you can create your little packets, and you don't have to worry about things being undercooked because you already kind of halfway cooked them. Save me some time. Too. Yeah. That's why I do the foil packets. Yeah, the they're place. great. You can also do that um, with parchment paper, too. So if you like... Oh, yeah. You can, that requires a bit of fancy folding. Not too fancy, but the foil packets kind of already done up for you. Mm-hmm. I have one last question about meat, just to bring it around full mm-hmm. circle. Cooking hot dogs. Yeah. Do you cut a hole in the middle? No. Okay. I never do. Cut a hole in the middle. Yeah. You mean to prevent the blistering? I guess like, so. Like, I went. There's a golf course up in Saratoga where the at the ninth tee or at the tenth tee they have a grill. Yeah. And the guy you can get food, and they have these really huge hot dogs. I have not been able to find. Mm-hmm. And he would cut like a slice down the middle, and they would be open a little bit. Oh. I think that's just a style for for people who like the super crispy hot dog flavor or if you want like more topping per square inch. It is nice to be able to throw the toppings in the middle of the hot dog. Yeah, but I'm I'm ready for hot dog season. (laughs) I have like one a year and I'm like, (laughs) bring it. (laughs) Yeah, I think my favorite are the kosher beef hot dogs. I don't know. They taste better. Yeah. When I lived in Iowa, I like waited every year for corn dog season you know like state <laughs> fair like just yeah. that one corn dog a year i have to find a place get to you get it here the winter, right? <laughs> yeah yeah you just made me think of another question the challenge is because you said fair uh-huh and i love funnel cake yeah. and like fried dough <laughs> yes can you make that on a grill uh no oh. i mean you know it's fried like grilling is a whole different like heating so technique. it would be be like a grilled dough you could like grilled you, pizza but yeah sweet. yeah mm. you could do that you could do that you could do like a sweet grilled dough do but it's not gonna be yeah with grilled cake. peaches on top there you go yeah yum, yum. i would like to come over for that meal <laughs> that sounds yummy mm-hmm. well thank you so much for joining us on food friday leftovers totally. we appreciate it thanks guys that was Haley bay ramdeen food editor at the kitchen.com that's a kitchen without the e This has been Food Friday Leftovers. I'm Ashley Kinsey. And I'm Dave Hopper. Be sure to check out Vox Pop Food Friday every Friday at 2 p.m. on WAMC Northeast Public Radio. Our producer is Jessica Blaustein Marshall. Our theme is Beach Disco by Dougie Wood. Food Friday Leftovers is a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio. And tune in next week to see what else we find in the fridge.